Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers are only days away from their season opener, taking on Penn State under the lights in Ross Age Stadium. Our early game week thoughts. Plus, Purdue pulls in a big-time football commitment. That's ahead on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters with Tom Deanhart. Brian Newbert will stop by here in just a moment as well. Tom, game week is here, and it's a big one Thursday night. Blackout against the Nittany Lions. Yeah, going to be quite a table setter, quite a lid lifter to this much-anticipated 2022 season, Kyle. Uh, you got kind of a blue blood program coming to town um, with a lot to prove. And you talked about, you know, prime time, a blackout, national television. Just a great opportunity for Purdue to, uh, to have a heck of an opening salvo, get off to a fast start. Again, what could be a very, very promising and exciting season in West Lafayette. Seems like it's been a long time since Purdue eased into a season. It feels like every one of these uh, season openers has sort of been a, a, a tone setter a little bit for what has uh, then come for the Boilermakers. And, you know, this, uh, again, another one, maybe in one of the most anticipated seasons in a long time for Purdue, and it opens against a historic power in Penn State, uh, though a Nittany Lion team that, that has not been as good here the last couple of years of what it generally has been. But Purdue will be a slight underdog on Thursday night. But, man, it just has the feel for a big game that can that can influence sort of how you feel about the start of the season for the Boilermakers in a season where you anticipate Purdue you know, could be pretty good. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, Penn State, Kyle, is just an aggregate 11-11 and 11 the last two seasons. And I know James Franklin got the big contract extension in November, um, has a new AD working for him. Um, so, you know, there is security there, but I think there is, you know, for, for Franklin and this program, some urgency. I mean, this is his ninth year, still trying to really crawl up over that proverbial hump in the Big Ten East where you got to square off from Michigan, Ohio State. So, again, they, they've got some, some pressure and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, I guess, reason to want to get off to a good start. Um, you know, they have some changes on defense, Kyle. <clears throat> New defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, the former Miami head coach. Uh, sounds like he's uh, probably going to dial up the pressure, come after the quarterback. And, um, yeah, just matchups galore that are going to be very interesting. I think, of course, one of the more fun storylines is going to be the battle of 60-year quarterbacks. Aiden O'Connell versus Penn State's Sean Clifford. So, you know, maybe it comes down to which one of those two quarterbacks ends up making the most plays on Thursday night. Yeah, I think of all those intriguing uh, matchups that you you look at in the game on Thursday, uh, perhaps the biggest one is the defensive front for Penn State and the pressure, as you mentioned, which will be dialed up on Aiden O'Connell and how Purdue handles that, how O'Connell handles that, and if Purdue is able to make some big plays – out of that, uh, or whether, you know, it's Penn State that uh, that has the edge there. I know, um, you know, it's a lot different defense than than that first appearance that we ever saw Aiden O'Connell 
in, but but he played in that game a few years ago. Uh, I think, as you pointed out, maybe uh, somewhere uh, Jack Plummer was was sacked a million times uh, in that game as well. Uh, so, you know, we know the Penn State's defense is good and can be really good, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what Purdue faces on Thursday. Yeah, 10 sacks for Penn State in that game back in 2019 in State College, PA. They treated Jack Plummer like a rag doll most of the afternoon. O'Connell did see some of action as the first of his career, so he did not – he kind of play, – he's playful about it, but, of course, that's a painful memory for him. But big difference, uh, well, just uh, three years later here in O'Connell and what he has at his doorstep at his feet here on Thursday night. Um, you know, I guess uh, uh, the, the pretty defensive line, Kyle, um, great opportunity for it to really assert its its perceived, uh, I guess, uh, abilities, if you will, going against the Penn State offensive line. There's a lot to prove. They really struggled to run the football last year at Penn State. Can they get a push? Can the Purdue defensive line, which is so deep, impose its will on, on that Penn State offensive line and get after Sean Clifford and stuff the Penn State ground game? That would be a big key for Purdue success, I think. And, you know, again, back to your comment about openers a few moments ago, um, Jeff Plum lost his first three at Purdue, but he has won his last two. Of course, they beat Iowa in 2020, that screwball year. And then last year they had Oregon State at home, and they knocked off the Beavers. So maybe he can make it three in a row here. And look at that September schedule, which we've done, seems like, for for months now. And a lot of opportunity for a fast start if they get this one, Kyle. Indiana State at Syracuse, you know, Florida Atlantic, you know, Purdue could – Easily be staring at a 4-0 record as as October dawns with those two back-to-back road games, you know, at Minnesota and at Maryland. What's your assessment of Purdue's offensive line and where it's at, you know, in, in a matchup where it is going to be tested? King Daru is going to be tested. I think we're pretty comfortable with him as a as a blocking running back. The tight ends will be tested. Uh, you, you feel like Purdue can protect Aiden O'Connell? They did a pretty good job of the last year. Um, while they did have struggles running the football, protecting the quarterback was one thing that helped. And I think a lot of that got back to the quarterbacks, right, Kyle? Uh, Kyle you know, the, uh, the ability to get rid of the ball quickly, uh, find the receivers, make make quick, fluid reads, not hold the ball for too long. I think that played a role in it, too. But, again, you got to credit the offensive line. Again, they, they did a pretty good job. Three starters are back. A nice core to build around with, of course, Gus Hartwig leading the way with, with Spencer Holstead as well and Eric Miller. So I, I think this line, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little optimistic here. I think they can have a solid front, a little better depth. I think there's eight guys that are okay playing. You always want to stay healthy, but um, it's never going to be a physically dominant front, but I do think they can't protect the quarterback, and I do think uh, they can get a little bit more consistent of a push in the ground game. But, Boy, what a, what a great litmus test right out of the box here against a quality opponent. Uh, it's going to be fast, and the first time Purdue gets in third and one, fourth and one, has to run the ball in the red zone from the five-yard line to see, again, what type of push that front can get against, uh, you know, uh, obviously always a quality Big Ten team. O'Connell, by all accounts, has had a, a really good training camp, maybe even a little bit uh, better than that. I do think one of – Aiden's better qualities is his ability to uh, uh, navigate the pocket um, and get rid of the football on time and sort of avoid the pressure uh, a little bit. I think that's an undervalued characteristic sometimes 
of quarterbacks and probably needs to be a little bit higher up because really the guys that are really good uh, have a tendency to, to understand how not to get hit uh, in the yeah. pocket. I think O'Connell mm-hmm. does a pretty good job of that. I do appreciate that the Brahms have stopped talking about how bad of an athlete he is. It's like, <laughs> like they spent the first three years when he was around just talking about how he, he can't move. Um, but, but you ask anybody now and, and he's had a, he's had a good camp. It seems like he's in a good spot right now to be able to be the leader of this team. Yeah, boy. I mean, he's got to be filled with confidence, right? Uh, Thursday night's going to be his 24th birthday. Born in 1998, just got married, has commanded this offense, has respect of his teammates, knows the playbook inside and out. And, um, yeah, I think he's eager to, to prove something. That's why he came back, right, for this, for this very reason, to get more tape, uh, more game action, to show what he can do. And his skill set already is pretty impressive. He talked about some of it. Um, he has supposedly improved that athletic ability as much as you can working on, on different agility drills in the offseason. And unflappable is the word I think about with Aiden O'Connell, too. Unflappable, cool in the pocket um, is also a great trait. And accuracy, too, Kyle. Um, Brian Brom said in August earlier this month that he's the most accurate quarterback he's worked with. So he puts the ball on the money, and that's going to make all those receivers that much better. And, of course, the key guy a lot of people are excited about is Charlie Jones. Of course, they were Pee Wee football teammates. It's going to be fun watching, um, you know, Aiden throwing to Charlie Jones and rekindling some of those memories when they're eight, nine, ten years old. Those the projected starters at wide receiver Jones. Is Brock Thompson healthy enough to, to, to go as a starter? T.J. Sheffield with Tyrone Tracy uh, in that mix as well. Is that your anticipated group uh, out yeah. there on Thursday night? I think that's your, that's your three-and-a-half starters, if you will. Um, Charlie Jones and Brock Thompson for sure. I think T.J. Sheffield probably gets to start over Tyrone Tracy, but it could go the other way. Regardless of who starts, they're going to obviously both play a lot of football. So I think those are your top four there. I think Brock Thompson, everybody always says all the right stuff. He's going to be ready. He's been handling with a lot of prudence in training camp as he comes back from those, those operations on his legs. They just want to get him to game day healthy. And he, he doesn't lack for confidence, Kyle. So <laughs> it's going to be fun watching him go at it. So, again, he should be ready to go, too. And there's a, plenty of depth behind those four, obviously. Mershon Rice, Abdur Rahman, you've seen the Auburn kid, Elijah Canyon, the redshirt freshman, you know, Dion Burks, um, just some, I think some very intriguing guys. Maybe not a David Bell or a Milton Wright, but still, Kyle, I think there's a lot of quality in those numbers there. And uh, I think they're going to be okay. It's the tight end spot that may be a little worrisome without Garrett Miller. How much will Purdue still use two tight end sets? Keep that on your radar. And if not, maybe, Kyle, we see more four wide receiver sets to compensate. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jeff Brom's been willing to use two tight ends all over the field and, and, you know, has come up with some big plays. And really, if you look at some of the trick plays that Purdue has run over the last few years, a lot of them have involved uh, the tight end position. But perhaps it's in the red zone where that becomes a little bit more of an issue, mainly because you don't have a second blocking tight end. I mean, 
Is that yeah. something to watch for on Thursday night is exactly what Purdue do, does from a personnel perspective inside the red zone, um, whether it maybe be uh, an extra offensive lineman as a blocker, uh, mm-hmm. how much Purdue can run the ball, whether it runs the ball effectively, um, those sorts of things, uh, because I do think that that could be a little bit of an issue for Purdue. Yeah, exactly right. I think we could see an extra offensive lineman be brought in in a jumbo package, if you will. Don't think they're still comfortable with Paul Buffery being that physical at the point of attack as far as a blocker goes. Ben Bouchelle's probably the number three tight end. Kyle, he's a walk on, but he's probably your your next best blocking tight end after Payne Durham. Maybe he sees a little bit more action. Um, I'm not sure if there's really a running back um, that's that's of that ilk um, uh, that could be used as a de facto move tight end and deployed as a blocker. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be something to watch for sure here. And you talked about trick plays. Remember, Paul Pafrega was a quarterback, and uh, we always kind of kid him when we talked to him. We're just keeping his right arm in shape, and he just sort of laughs and, and says he is. So maybe, maybe at some point in 2022, they pull the string with Pafrega chucking the ball to somebody downfield. What about defensively? What do you think Purdue's strength is on Thursday night? Yeah, again, that D-line, again, you know, Mark Hagan said time and again he thinks they can go three deep and not suffer much drop in quality. And that's even without Demarge Lewis. Remember, Kyle, he suffered the broken left ankle a couple weeks ago. Ended his season, which was unfortunate. He was kind of considered the fifth starter on a four-man line, played the nose and three technique, but still a lot of quality there. I think the, the fun thing to watch is going to be the pass rush, right? Who's going to bring the heat? We all have heard time and again how Carl Loftus is gone. Um, again, who's going to step up? Kaiden Jenkins, Jack Sullivan, is Scotty Humpage going to be the guy? Corday Sidner, Yanni Carl Loftus, I mean, Joe Anderson. That's going to be a fun run. But the defense, the line in particular, that's, that's the strength. They have to set the tone. Um, <clears throat> watch and see how healthy Jamari Brown and Corey Trice are. They're supposed to be ready to go, Kyle, probably the projected starting cornerbacks. But you've got to have those guys healthy. You're facing Sean Clifford. You're facing some pretty good receivers. They have Parker Washington. They have a transfer from Western Kentucky who they love. So they're going to chuck the ball too. Those cornerbacks, Trice and Brown, got to be ready to go. And, well, we're told they're on, on pace to play Thursday night. Uh, they better be because uh, if they're on the field, they're certainly going to get tested. Yeah, you'll find out more as the week goes on, obviously, uh, leading up until Thursday. We do know, of course, the two guys out, Miller and Lewis, um, but nobody else, at least as of now, right, declared out. It seems like a lot of those guys who maybe have been nursing some injuries during camp should be good to go. Exactly right. Yeah, those are the only two we know for sure. They're, they're, gone, they're done for the year, Miller and Lewis. Um, some guys didn't participate in that scrimmage, the final scrimmage, a couple of Saturdays ago, but still more of a precautionary thing, I believe. So, and we'll find out more today. We have Jeff Brom at 11 a.m. Eastern time in his formal presser and get an update on, on some of the roster status, if anything has occurred uh, since the last time we spoke to him from an injury front. All right, Tom, thank you. Big week. Uh, we'll look for those updates at goldandblack.com. Thank you. Take care, buddy. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll bring in Brian, talk a little bit of uh, football recruiting after the big commitment over the weekend. We'll do that coming up next. You're listening to Golden Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. 
A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Want to eat like Aiden O'Connell? Try Aiden's Air Raid at A-Zip Pizza, all September long. Barbecue, pork, peppers, and Grippo's potato chips are some of his favorite toppings. Available in Lafayette, Indianapolis, and Evansville at A-Zip Pizza. Check it out at A-Z-Z-I-P-P-I-Z-Z-A.com. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist with decades of experience in Indiana agriculture. No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, that's 765-587-3185. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action for opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promotion code Gold and Black to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code Gold and Black only at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over, physically present in L.A., select parishes only, a bonus issued as free bets. One Early win token issues and opt-in moneyline bets only. Deposits and wedging restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms of DraftKings.com slash football terms. A licensee partner of Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problems? Call 1-877-770-STOP. 
Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Uh, here with Brian, big news over the weekend. Purdue gets a commitment from Kendrick Gilbert, four-star defensive lineman, who, Brian, you watched, uh, what, a week before his commitment over the weekend. Uh, he's a good player, looks like a good player, looks like a player. I think I tweeted over the weekend that Purdue hasn't gotten over the years as many defensive linemen who look the part as much as Gilbert looks the part. He also plays the part. Pretty big pickup for the Boilermakers. Yeah, I mean, he's that guy who's, you know, all of six foot five, probably 275 pounds right now, who can very, very easily carry 290 pounds, very easily transform what he has right now into something a little bit more lean, aerodynamic, what have you. I, I think he's going to be a guy who, who plays over gaps. He's got a really nice first step. He's got some explosiveness to him. Kind of reminds me a little bit physically of Kawan Short. He's got he's got great length. Mm-hmm. He's got great height. He's got he has a big body. And I you know I don't know if he's that level of explosive like Kawan Short was coming out of high school. But he's physically he is cut from that same cloth, which is you know really hard to get because these types of guys, these types of you know gigantic NFL looking defensive tackles. And I'm, I'm not saying he's he's an NFL guy uh, quite yet, but he has a lot of tools. These guys are really hard to get because there's not that many of them um, out there, and the ones that are out there generally have you know a, a lot of people after them. The Ohio States, the Alabamas, you know, so to speak. Kendrick Gilbert had that level of interest. LSU really wanted this dude yeah. at the end, and you know, for Purdue to be able to close this one out um, was a big deal. I think that Purdue was where he wanted to go the whole time, but we live, well, at, at least since his visit in June, I think it's where he wanted to go. The issue nowadays, of course, is, you know, you got schools out there still using NIL for recruiting and, you know, Kentucky had some money on the table uh, that I'm not sure Purdue could match. Now Purdue is up and running with this NIL stuff. It's not like, it's a decision anymore between, you know, some between a lot of money and no money. Now it's a decision between a lot of money and decent money. Um, so it's not like the decision was as black and white as people would have thought it would be a couple months ago. Um, but I think that he turned down a lot of money to come to Purdue at where he wanted to go. And I think that's uh, a reminder that, recruiting isn't necessarily going to be what a lot of people think it's going to be now that, you know, kids are getting money to go to school. So this was a really big deal for Purdue caps. What is a really good uh, defensive line class for Purdue and um, one that can be a big part of this program's future. Shows yet again, the value of, of Mark Hagan and assistant coaches in general, when you have good assistants, uh, who know how to coach their position. We know Hagen can do that, obviously. The, the sort of product speaks for itself, as does what he does on the uh, the recruiting trail. I mean, it's he was a good uh, hire for Purdue back in the Joe Tiller days and has been uh, a game changer in a lot of ways for Purdue uh, now as well. And uh, another good pickup for him. Yeah, without simply reading my column from this morning to everybody over the radio. Um, <laughs> he is... He is um, He's, you know, as consistent and 
dogged a recruiter as I think Purdue's had over 20 years. He has this unique ability to be really, you know, fiery sort of uh, motivator type of guy, but also somebody who kids want to play with. He, he, he has a way of using the natural energy he brings to his profession to connect with kids. And I think that's always been a really big deal in recruiting. And um, I think it's been a really big deal for Purdue since he came back because, you know, he flat out stole Nick Carraway out of Texas. We haven't talked about that a whole lot. He's the one freshman who's going to play yeah. for Purdue this year. He wound up being, I think, Purdue's highest rated signee last year, didn't he? Um, uh, they got Joe so, Strickland, yeah, obviously. Did, that was he, a, yeah. Yeah, so they got Joe Strickland against a lot of good people, and then they've, they've just gotten this really good defensive line class. Um five guys to all of the Mark Hagan's doing. So he has paid immediate, immediate dividends since he came back to Purdue goes to show you once again, that really good assistant coaches matter. You know, it's, we tend to only look at head coaches um, sometimes in terms of how a program's doing and things like that, but good head coaches really matter. And these are the type of guys you want around and these are the guys you want to hold on to. Purdue's putting together uh, a good recruiting class, maybe a really good recruiting class. It's one now without a quarterback. But as you as you look at Purdue's sort of uh, position makeup at quarterback, it does make a lot of sense maybe to go out and get a veteran uh, through the, the portal, right? Do you think that's the most likely option uh, now for Purdue at this stage of, of recruiting at the quarterback position? Yeah, I mean – you aren't going to go out in September and find a high school quarterback, you know, um, at this point, because the guys who, um, the guys you would have wanted months ago are all committed somewhere else by now. And, um, it's a pleasure. Uh, and the guys who would be late, who would emerge late, haven't had a chance to yet. So there's not really, uh, anybody, out there, I wouldn't think, uh, unless you're going to go out and flip somebody else's commitment. Yeah. I'm not aware of there being any possibilities on that front. I do think that this is a situation where, you know, you've got Brady Allen, you've got Michael Amo coming back next year, presumably. Those two guys are probably uh, in line to compete for the job in the spring. If you can bring in a veteran for, you know, competition, uh, for depth, for experience, great. Um, but what you, I don't know what you can, if you can credibly go out there on the transfer market and say, you can come here and start, or you come here and you will start. And a lot of the, the really high end quarterbacks on the, in the transfer portal need that guarantee. Now, if you can go out there and you can get involved with like a Joe Burrow or a Jalen Hurts or some of those transfer quarterbacks over the years who have loomed so large over college football seasons, great. Hey, Brady Allen, you can wait another year, you know, that kind of thing. I don't yeah. think anybody's going to, you know, uh, cry about that. But I think that, realistically speaking, um, you just got to go out there and tell somebody, hey, you can compete for the job, but we can't make any promises. And that's not necessarily what a lot of these quarterbacks probably want to hear. Right. So uh, it's not like it, it's going to be easy going out there and getting somebody who can really impact your program. Um, in the transfer portal, but that's what they're gonna they're gonna try to do. It's perfectly okay if you can find the right guy who's okay with this, you know, to come in and 
be a backup and compete every year and things like that. You remember uh, 1998, Purdue signed a junior college player because they didn't know what Drew Brees was going to be. Now, obviously, I don't, th- I don't think David Edgerton had a whole lot to, to complain about that. You know, he wasn't the starter when he came in behind Drew Brees. But if you can just yeah. find somebody who's okay being a program guy, if that's what it comes to, you know, great. Yeah. But if you go out there and you recruit saying we need you to just be a program guy, I don't know what you're going to get. Right, right. All right, Brian, thank you. No problem. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. Again, thanks to our uh, additional sponsors jumping on board, including AZ Pizza, teaming up with Aiden O'Connell on the Aiden's Air Raid Pizza all September long. He likes his A-Zip loaded with barbecue, pulled pork, peppers, and grippos, potato chips. Check out more at A-Zip Pizza, A-Z-Z-I-P-P-I-Z-Z-A dot com. All right, that'll do it for the podcast. If you like, you're to rate us five stars on your podcast app. Also, leave us a comment. We would appreciate that. Tell your friends as well. All right, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, that'll do it for uh, this podcast. Of course, we'll have the pregame which will drop uh, probably mid-morning on Wednesday as we get set up for Purdue's opener against Penn State. For Tom Deanhart and Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.